0: Well, hi, folks. This is Jack Spearco with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today, we have episode 3028 of the Survival Podcast. For those new to this podcast, we are in our 14th year. We will turn 14 years old this June. Over 3,000 episodes, if you're listening to this today and you're like, I want more stuff on like practical hands-on, we got it. If there is anything out there that has anything to do with self-sufficiency, self-reliance, independence, and liberty, you will find it at thesurvivalpodcast.com. Just use the search bar at the top of the site, and you will be able to find, I mean, anything. You want to know how to make your own mead? Don't know what mead is, but now you're interested? You can just type mead in, M-E-A-D. You'll find... Stuff on that. You want to like race quail? We got that. Race chickens, aquaculture, aquaponics, hydroponics, gardening, permaculture, you name it, we got it. But today we're going topical. We're going to be talking mostly about things that are in the news because guess what Jack did? Jack has been paroled from YouTube jail. Yep. They let old Jack out of YouTube jail and I am free now to broadcast on YouTube again. So you might think, well, Jack, it's a good day, isn't it? I mean, it's your first day out back into society. You should be a good little boy and talk about something nice and safe. It's Tuesday. It doesn't have to be an Outback show. It doesn't, Jack. It doesn't. No, no. You could talk about something like growing fish in your backyard or a garden or maybe storing food or something. Nope. Nope. I want to start a new line of thinking out there. I want to start a new catchphrase that people need to start using. If the truth is to be heard, it must be spoken. Okay? Okay? You can say it that way, or the truth must be spoken if it's to be heard. Either way, I don't care. I'm not pulling any punches today. Now, we're not going rate right for the throat like the thing that got me into jail in the first place, but I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Because that's the point of this show. That's why I launched this show in 2008. So you didn't have to hear the same stale, standard bullshit that you hear on mainstream media. So we're going to talk about what I want to talk about today. And boy, do I got a lineup for you. We're going to, you know, we talked about the truckers' rebellion yesterday in Canada. Trudeau's in hiding. He wants to know he's not intimidated while he tells you lies. We'll talk about that. Will that get me thrown back in the clink? I don't know. How about the FBI director, our FBI director... Want you to know that China, what China does is even worse than what we do, right? I'm serious, you guys. They're even worse than us. We know what China is. Boy, is this the FBI pot calling the Chinese kettle black or what? Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy double down and buy the dip again. And the El Salvador president tells the IMF to. <laughs> that El Salvador don't give an F. Doesn't care about their opinions. we got some interesting ones. I mean, Nayib Bukele is becoming my favorite politician ever. And I don't have favorite politicians. But this dude is like an OG original gangster, man. And what this guy's doing, if you if you see the video for today's show, some of the tweets this guy's put out this month, freaking gold. Freaking gold. Next up, I went to the store yesterday The shelves already look a bit thin, but I want to talk to you about the missing chicken. What it means when you go to the store, and you go to the meat cabinets, and most of the meat is well in stock, but the chicken's kind of thin, the missing chicken, it is, the chicken is the modern canary in the modern coal mine that is the supply chain. I'll explain to you why, and you'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. One newspaper has finally stepped up and apologized for being one-sided on COVID, saying in fact, it failed to do its job. It has failed its, it failed the people. Now they're in Holland. They tend to come to a realization a little bit quicker. I'll share that with you. But here's my question. Who will be the second to join this dance? Do you remember when you were in school or you ever went to a party? especially when you're kind of a younger crowd and people weren't really comfortable being seen dancing, and one person starts dancing, you know what happens? Nothing. Everybody kind of looks like, well, I don't know. But if two people dance, then everybody dances. That's the way it works. So will another mainstream media outlet come out and admit what this newspaper in Holland just did? We shall see. How about this? A crazy... Supreme Court of the United States theory, and already another theory that says it's already not true because somebody don't want to do it. What is it? I'll tell you when we get there. It's worth at least, you know, a couple minutes' time on today's show. Oh, and Joe Rogan, we're going to talk about Joe Rogan today a little bit too. Joe Rogan came out, made this statement... He doesn't hold anything against Neil Young. He's okay with Spotify putting a warning up. And people said that Joe Rogan groveled. Joe Rogan did not grovel. Joe Rogan did not give an inch. Joe Rogan did not cave in. Joe Rogan did what Joe Rogan has always done. Said what was on his mind. And I'm going to tell you that I think that Joe Rogan is a good dude, even where we disagree. And I'll tell you what I really think is behind the statement that he made yesterday that everybody's talking about and basically talking out of their ass with. Um, Next, you know, the Omnicon is coming to an end, just as I said it would. And they're going to declare victory, and I'm going to show you if you watch the video version of today's show exactly where I said this was going to happen. But before it all goes down and we all go to we won with the Vax, but that's the plan. This thing's burning out. It's a, it's a, it's called viral attenuation, and they're going to tell you that they won with the vax. They have to spike the ball in your face one more time with the BA variant. Yes, BA like a sheep. Makes no sense. Well, when we get there, scientists say that they incurred backlash and resistance to getting their work published in regard to the lab leak theory. That they were threatened, and this is a common pattern in so-called science. I will show you the people telling you, and I will let you hear them speak in their own words. I'll probably get a copyright violation for that one, right? But we're going to cover this, okay? And I'm going to channel some Cobra Kai today, near the end. Fear does not exist in this dojo. What does that mean? It'll make sense. I just want to keep it that way. And it's time for the full court freedom press, and I say this community should start with food production, And a big freeze is coming to the south. Get ready for it so you don't hate yourself for not doing so. Because unlike the overhyped weather story for New England, getting a whopping couple feet of snow in January, that's madness, I tell you. It's crazy. When you're down in, like, Florida and Texas and lower Alabama and places like that, and the temperature goes below freezing and stays below freezing for a whole day or more, and you get, like, several days in a row freezing, and you get some ice on the streets... It messes some stuff up down here because we're just not built for that. So you need to do the basic prep for the freeze that's coming. Before we get to all of that. And is isn't this going to be a great lineup? Am I pulling punches? Guys, am I pulling? I am pulling no punches. Right in the screw tubes, buddy. We're going right back at it. All right. Let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. They don't pull any punches either. Jam Bullion doesn't pull any punches. They are the little dog in the great, big, precious metals fight, but they fight harder than anybody else. Here's how they fight harder for your business. Number one, this crazy show they have sponsored for nine years. That's enough, right? Okay, but they also, if you order from them, your shipping is free. Next up, all those big places, Lear Capital, Monix, Atmex, all who have asked to sponsor the show and been told no, by the way, charge more money for the same silver and gold. On top of that, you're truly me. I can get on the get on the email, get on the phone, and get Michael over there and fix a problem in seconds flat if there is one. Who's Michael? He's the president of the company. Why did I tell Lear Capital in particular to go screw? When I said, can I talk to your CEO, president, somebody like that? They said, no. So said, didn't know. Right? That's how that works. But check this out. If you are an MSB member, you also get discounts on your monthly purchase of silver and gold. No one gets you discounts. JM does, and I do. Next up, bridgewallet.com. Did you know that when you're walking around with all these new fancy credit cards and IDs and stuff, little RFID tags in them, that you are you are at risk of having your information stolen by parts that can be bought off eBay for like a couple bucks. It's the truth. Do you know when they can't do that? When you take those cards and you put them in a little titanium case and shield them. And then it looks cool, and it minimalizes what you can around your pockets. That's what you can get at RidgeWallet.com and a lot of other really cool stuff, too. And, yes, if you are an MSB member, you can get a discount at RidgeWallet.com. With that all wrapped up, let's dig on into this and head on into the YouTube live feed. Hopefully, I won't be shut down while in progress. And we are live, at least for now. We'll see how long this lasts. Um I am back out of YouTube jail. I have been set free. I am on probation. I got a good old hand smack, Put me in the clink for seven days for daring to speak the truth. And uh, today we're going to speak some more truth. I'm not sure whether or not anything that I'm going to say today is going to get my parole revoked and throw me in a clink for 14 days uh, with one more strike. And then I'm dead. They'll put me to death on YouTube if I get three strikes without having any of them removed for good behavior or what have you. But it's not my intention today, just so you know. I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about today. And I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to continue talking about what's going on in Canada a little bit, at least with some of the lies coming out of Trudeau's mouth. Uh, we're talking about some stuff the FBI director told us and what he can do with his advice and how bad China is. I'm super serious, guys. And a bunch of other stuff. And I'm just kind of delaying a little bit to let some of y'all come on to the live stream. And Let's check the other streams and see if they're working. Uh We are on Odyssey. That looks like it's working. It looks I'm like Rumble's serious, working. And a bunch of other stuff. I got kind of to mute things over here. A little error today. Um, Does it look like Rumble's working? Float is working for now. We'll see if it holds up. I should also be on uh, Facebook, YouTube and other places and we'll see how that works out. Uh, I will be able to check and see some comments on uh, Odyssey and float from time to time, but I'm mainly going to interact with you guys on YouTube as long as I'm here. And I think that's enough, enough lollygagging and uh, uh, stalling to get you guys a chance to get on. So let's jump off right into it today. So, Justin Trudeau uh, put out a tweet, and I've got links to all this stuff, but I'm not going to bring it all up on the screen. i got a few things I'm going to bring up on the screen for you guys today, but it actually slows things down, and I don't need any technical gremlins or, or things like that while we're doing this. But uh, Trudeau put out a tweet yesterday. He said a couple things. One, he said that he was not intimidated as he spoke from an undisclosed lo- location uh, that he was taken to out of an abundance of caution to hide from the truckers, who are some of the nicest guys in Canada, apparently. Um, and then he started, he started his bullshit with, first of all, the truckers are all racist, white ring extremists walking around with racist flags. Uh, somebody did manage to produce a picture which was not surrounded by a crowd. It was a small number of individuals, and one of the flags they had up was a Nazi flag. So that proves they're all bad. Of course it does, right? And they're all right wing extremists. And apparently somebody said anyway that there was, uh, some Confederate flags, which I guess that's racist too in Canada. I don't know, but what I saw was a whole shitload of Canadian flags and a few Gadsden flags, and the Gadsden flags are the ones that made me kind of have the biggest lift in my chest to see Canadians with the Gadsden flag. I, I guess if that's racist to people, so be it. But he also claimed that they were stealing food from the homeless shelter, which is complete nonsensical bullshit, with nothing behind it. At least they trumped up the other shit, and that they had damaged some war memorial or something like that and some other thing. And then what I actually saw with my own two eyes, which I'm not supposed to believe was protesters cleaning a monument to some famous Canadian who did some good things. So maybe there was some defacing to the monument. It doesn't mean that the protesters did it and the protesters took it upon themselves to clean it up. This is really kind of like one of the most polite protests that's ever been done. But Trudeau runs away, claims he's got the coof, hides in the middle of nowhere standing out in front of this house that looks like it's some house in a subdivision or something. It's probably a McMansion on the coast of BC or something like that. And uh, he wants to tell you how not intimidated he is. And the only reason I'm not there is because, guys, really, 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 I got the aids I got the koof. I I, it's the responsible thing to do. And I'm sure the koof will go away as soon as he needs to go do something. You know, he'll say, I've been there five days. I, I, I don't have time to go there. Now, He had, he had time by the way, when in the middle of the BLM protests to go out in the middle of Ottawa, in the middle of a protest where people were actually breaking stuff and damaging property and kneel along with them. But now all these guys are, they're all like white supremacists and stuff, right? Um, this isn't fooling anybody. And it, we are really entering that point where it, it becomes so comical that you can't believe you're seeing it happen again. You can't believe that they're saying the same thing over and over again that they're still relying on this failed playbook yet again. Everybody I disagree with is Hitler and Stalin combined, right, even though they're all communists they still you're Stalin too, right because Stalin's a bad communist. We haven't tried real communism yet, guys, you know we really haven't and uh you're you're all white supremacists. You know, Larry Elder runs for governor of California. Dude's black as black can be. He's the face of white supremacy. It's, 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 it's amazing to me that they keep doing this. And then to do it with these guys, these truckers from Canada who are simply standing up for their country that are making their citizens proud to be Canadian say they're not Canadian and they're just a bunch of extremists. And by the way, you notice one of the words that went away that went away from Trudeau, if you watched it, there's a link in the audio version of this if you want to look it up. Small minority. It's not a small minority anymore all of a sudden. We had to take that one away. Too many people saw too many pictures and stuff. And remember, guys, if you got things for me to hit here at the end, put them in all caps. I'll try to star them as they go. Uh, and if it's a question, please be clear about what the question is. Next up, I want you to know that the uh, director of our FBI, well, he has decided he needs to give us a super, super serial warning, right? Um This is just, uh I, I consider this like the, the pot calling the kettle black, basically. I'm going to see if I can bring this up on the screen uh for you for just a second. And I can't. I can't because I've got other things already in the queue. But the FBI director... Likens China to a surveillance nightmare of East Germany combined with the tech of Silicon Valley. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree that, that China is now East Germany with Silicon Valley tech. Where'd they get the Silicon Valley tech though, dude? You know, are, are you mad that they got all the good stuff and they're doing a better job surveilling their citizens than you are? Is it this the same FBI? You know, here's, here's how I'll put it. You can fucking tell us, FBI, about what China's doing wrong to their citizens when you tell us where the fuck Ray Epps is, okay? When Ray Epps sits in front of a congressional committee under perjury penalty, you know, under, under penalty of perjury and answers direct questions with something other than, I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment rights. Then maybe we can have this conversation. Then maybe we can have this conversation. You've got the FBI instigating shit, causing things to happen, and arresting grandmothers and grandfathers, and holding them in federal prison with no charges for almost a year before they even come with charges. And the only charges they would have if they actually brought them, even if they were convicted of them, would have sentences of like 30 to 60 days. They're like trespass and stuff like that. After you open the doors and invited them, in, and now you want to tell us how bad the Chinese are, And what they're doing. This is what I've been saying a long time. We know who the Chinese are. We know what the Chinese are. But this reminds me of back when I used to work for Fluke Networks. I was the regional VP of sales for Fluke Networks. We sold very high-end test equipment. And when we would go from the field back to the head office and we would say, look, we build good gear, but there's some problems that we have. These are things that our customers want. By that point, they had bought out enough companies that there was only one real competitor left, a company called Agilent. And they would literally say things like, well, Agilent doesn't do that. Agilent's worse than us. And we're like, you know, I really want my pitch to my distributors and my customers and my reps to be, we don't suck as bad as Agilent. And that's literally, we've become such a tyranny, such a surveillance state, that that's that's now the pitch to you to tell you you're still lucky to be an American. Well, it could be worse. You could be over there in China and stuff, right? And then you'd have a real problem. Look, guys, this is a point where it literally is the clowns running the circus. And every time you see something like this, you just need to file it in. Oh, yeah, they're lying again. Next up, let's talk about something a little bit different. Michael Saylor has du- and, and MicroStrategy have doubled down again and bought the F and dip again. Uh they bought, let me see real quick so I give you the right number here. $25 million worth, I know is the number. Uh, 660 more Bitcoin. So whenever we went, ah Bitcoin's dying, run, hide, sell your Bitcoin, run. Peter Schiff was all gloating. Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy were doing exactly what I've always told you to do. Buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. It goes down more, buy more, goes down more, buy more, goes down more, buy more. Now here's the, here's the thing about that guys. Here, here's, here's the thing about that. I understand what a lot of you are thinking because I'm thinking it too. I can only buy the dip so much because of the point where my money's in Bitcoin and I don't have any new money with which to buy more Bitcoin, please. When I say buy the dip, I want to be clear what I'm talking about. I'm talking about dollar cost averaging. I'm talking about setting an investment budget for yourself. I don't care if it's 25 bucks or 2,500 bucks every month. And then smartly buying in that month, that allocation, as you see more dip, right? And sometimes you won't hit the bottom. And sometimes you'll think you hit the bottom and the bottom goes lower. And sometimes it'll bounce and you will miss an opportunity. It doesn't matter. It's a hundred year asset class. And what I love Absolutely love about Michael Siller and Strat- MicroStrategy, they are walking the walk, not just talking the talk. It's easy to to be like, you know, you should just buy, you should just buy. But when you're a public company and you you put out actual reporting forms to your shareholders saying you did it, you know that it actually happened. There's a lot of people on the internet that are big names in cryptocurrency. Well, I bought the dip, I bought the dip. Did you? How do we know that? Do we have a screenshot of your buy order? Like, there's no way to know. But when you have a public company doing this, they don't just report it so they can say, look what we did. They literally have to report it. So I think this is a great thing. Also, I just want to point out, I am becoming a huge fan. I'm going to put this one up on the screen for you. Of Nayib Bukele. He is, of course, the president of El Salvador and the one that brought Bitcoin as legal tender to El Salvador. And, uh, and I love this one. So for those of you that can't see it, it there's investing.com has out, um, a headline on Twitter and it says Moody's downgrades El Salvador sovereign debt due to Bitcoin trades. Right. And then this is exactly what Nayib Bukele, president of El Salvador re- responded with breaking El Salvador DGAF. For those that are not familiar with DGAF, don't give a fuck. And then this is the beautiful part. And I'm sure this went over a lot of people didn't even notice it. Um, of course, there's the term in Bitcoin called HODL, right? Hold on for dear life, basically long-term holding. And <laughs> Bukele had somebody, I'm sure, do this. Maybe he did it himself. He, he, he called El Salvador, El HODLador. That's just, it's just great. It's wonderful. But he's not done yet, guys. Oh, no, 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 no. We got something else to show you, okay? I want to show you this one, too. Uh, here we go. Let me get that tab up. This one was very, much more recent. And if you're a fan of The Simpsons like I am, to see a president of a country, even a tiny country like El Salvador, have the stones to do this is just wonderful. For those that don't see it, it's a scene from The Simpsons, and it's the one where Homer's mom comes to visit. She's sitting with Lisa, and she's talking to Lisa about things that, like, Someone with Homer's brain can't understand. So Homer wants her attention. So he's doing a hand a hand walk in front of her back and forth on the sidewalk. Well, they overlaid the IMF symbol over top of Homer's head and the Bitcoin symbol over Lisa's head. And uh, Bukele tweeted this in response to another thing. IMF urges El Salvador to remove Bitcoin as legal tender. And uh, he, he he tweets this. I see you, IMF. That's very nice. This dude is a gangster, man, in the best way possible when it comes to something like this. I I love seeing this happen in real time. I hope that people, when it comes to Bitcoin and what's going on right now, realize something. Just like watching the Canadian truckers. Just like watching all the pushback on the AIDS, scam, pandemic, pandemic crap. You're living through history. And it's up to you to do something with that. And to be on the right side of it. To know that you're fighting for the right things. And the reason that I'm pulling no punches today and I'm coming back with all this shit right after they threw me in YouTube jail, guys, if the, if the truth is to be heard, it must be spoken. It has to be. We have to have, we have to have enough courage to speak the truth. If we don't do that, if we don't do at least that, if we don't freaking document this as it's happening, Then when it's all said and done with, and it comes out for good or ill on either side, they're going to have complete and total dominance of their view of history, which we're going to talk about more in a second. Because they're rewriting this history as it happens. Wherever it inconveniently doesn't work out for them, they're rewriting it to, well, we were saying that all along. Oh, that's not the case. Like, oh, like I'm telling you, we've got to speak up. We've got to matter in this. And if we don't, who's going to? Next I went to the stores yesterday because I gave you some advice yesterday. I said when I was talking about, um, dealing with the truckers eventual strike down here that it would probably be a good time that you might go out and up your preps a little bit. And the worst thing that would happen is you'd be more prepared and that particular disaster wouldn't happen. Now I did get an, e- I did get an email this morning from somebody. And they said that they uh, talked to somebody that's like a, a mid-sized trucking company. He owns his own trucks. His drivers drive for him is what I got out of it. And he said he didn't think that if this happened here, it would really make the supply chains any worse because it would be such a small number of truckers. And I, I admitted that yesterday, that most truckers in the United States are not owner operators or not small companies. So that could mitigate how many people actually, you know, roll their trucks to D.C. It's really not the point, though. The point, again, is this is a group of people who, if they decide they've had enough, and I think they're starting to decide they've had enough, all they have to do is not go to work on that. Another person emailed me. I'm a truck driver. I work for a big company. I don't think that they're going to do this. He just put in, he's he's taking the entire month of February off on vacation, and he's making sure he can get other jobs if he needs to. And he's got a bunch of sick time saved up. And his plan is, I'm just not going to go to work if this happens. And I think that anybody who just writes this off is it's not going to happen. I think there's two problems. One, you can't say that. Because if I had told you two months ago what's happening in Canada right now was going to happen, you said, no, it won't. If I would have told you before all this shit started that you would need to have a digital passport to go shopping for food in New York City, you'd have said that would never happen. So this whole never happen shit needs to just stop. Number two, we got problems if it doesn't happen in our supply chain. I went to the store yesterday and one place I always focus is the meat counter, right? I mean, I look at produce and I look at meat more than anything else in the store because those are things that don't warehouse well. Right. So you can draw from the battery with everything in the middle of the grocery store. But when you look at the freezer section to a lesser degree, but the fresh food and the fresh meat, you have to be almost real timing it out. Right. There was plenty of beef. There was plenty of lamb. There's not usually a lot of lamb anyway, but for the amount of lamb you would expect, there was plenty of pork. What was really thin was chicken. And so I thought, Self, you should check into this and see is it just the fresh chicken, the Tyson and Purdue and stuff like that that they put out, or is it chicken products? So I went to the freezer section, and they weren't quite as short on nuggets and other crap the kids eat, made out of chicken, but it wasn't full. Now, this was also a Monday where they had already recovered and restocked from the weekend rush, and I asked one of the people that was stocking there, did you guys stock today? And he said, yeah. I let it go at like that. When people see chicken get wiped out, I don't think they understand the chicken is the modern canary. And here's what I mean. When people start to decide, hey, uh, yeah, maybe I need to take this seriously. Maybe I need to stock up a little bit. And they start stocking up on things like meat. Meat has gotten very, very expensive, if you haven't noticed. So what they do is they buy the cheapest protein first. So first the chicken disappears. Then the pork dries up. Then the beef, because that's the ascension on the cost ladder. When you start to see the chicken disappear from the shelves, that means the normies are starting to take this a little bit more seriously, and they're going out, and they're buying stuff. And you have to ask yourself, since things are actually pretty normal right now, Since the media is running a blackout on this stuff and not talking about it. And by the way, let me just say something. Because I got to be fair to people when I got to be fair to people. Fucking A, Tucker Carlson went deep dive on this last night and he covered it for about 15 minutes. Good for you, Tucker. Good for you. Like I said, Tucker Tucker, Tucker Carlson tends to eventually tell the truth. He's doing it a little quicker this time. And I can't really blame him for not talking about it over the weekend because he wasn't on so Tucker was the only person I saw actually cover that. But when, when it's being blacked out mostly and most people don't know and they start to pull on that thread of supply, what does it take? What does it take to walk in and see total empty shelves? And by the way, this is Texas where we've had less shortages because we have our own seaports and we have so much local supply, even of the big mass product stuff. We have a lot of local supply. So I'm just telling you the canary is starting to look a little sick in a coal mine, like it might fall over. And I'm saying pick up and get some more stuff. But let me tell you what you shouldn't do. This is what everybody needs to knock the fuck off right now. Do not go down to the store, take pictures of empty shelves and say everything is gone and start posting it. Because then everybody runs to the store and buys as much as they can. You're creating the crisis, or at least you're aggravating the crisis by doing that. You want to tell your friends and neighbors, you want to tell your, your 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 freedom cell members, hey, look, this is going on, and all that's fine. Stop this mass marketing of shortages. You're making more shortages. Stop it. Knock it off. It's not smart, because you're going to have people running out and buying the shit out of stuff. It's going to go bad. They don't even know how to take care of it. It's it's it's. The beginning, it's 2020 all over again when you're doing that. Stop it. Knock it off. Next up, I love this one. A newspaper in Holland has come out and has apologized to its customers, to its people, to the people of its nation, to Holland. And they have said directly, we failed you. We failed you. They also put it out on Twitter. We failed you. And the reason they're saying that is because they willingly went along and never pushed back. Actually, this is a Danish newspaper. I'll get in trouble. So it's Denmark. I'm sorry. not My wife is Dutch. I merge things in my head sometimes. It was a a Danish paper that went out, and they said, and I'm about to bring this up online for you right now so you can see it, direct quote. I want to make sure I get it right as well. We failed. Newsp- Danish newspaper apologized for its COVID coverage. Um, and I, I find some of the things stated here to be really poignant. And if any of the overlords are listening, I'm just reading what this newspaper said. For almost two years, we the press and the population have been almost hypnotically preoccupied with the authorities' daily quarantine, wrote uh, Bladet journalist Brian Wischkart. The constant mental alertness has worn out tremendously on all of us. That's why we, the press, must also take stock of our own efforts, and we have failed. We have not been vigilant enough at the garden gate when the authorities were required to answer what it actually meant that people are hospitalized with corona and not because of corona. Because it makes a difference, a big difference. Exactly the official hospitalization numbers have been shown to be 27% higher than the actual figure. How many there are in the hospital simply because they have corona. We do not know that now. And then here is a tweet that went out from one of the journalists. We failed. One of the largest newspapers in Denmark is apologizing for its journalistic failure during COVID-19 by only publishing official government messages without questioning them. Now, this is the bigger story here. One newspaper doing this, is not the story. This is, again, it's the dance. When you went to a dance when you were a little kid, when I say little kid, like high school or whatever, and like one person would get up and start dancing or one couple would start dancing and everybody still kind of looked around and sat on their hands and maybe spiked the punch bowl or whatever, but they weren't comfortable yet. But when the second person or the second couple gets on the dance floor, everybody looks around, oh, it's okay. And then everybody goes and dances. There's a lot a shit that has now been admitted that we were silenced for called conspiracy theories for a lot of it, a ton. I won't go back through it all. We did a whole show on it. That's what got me thrown in the clink in the first place. And some of this is not even opinion. Now it's, it's straight up CNN, MSNBC, et cetera, saying, yeah, yeah, this is, this is the case. Now this is the case. This is the latest information, whatever, but none of them have apologized. None of them said, we failed in our journalistic duty until now. Will anybody else do it? I think it'll be like one of the last groups you'll see do it is the U.S. press. But I predict this is a little chink in the dike. And you're going to see a lot of these global press organizations in places where they're a little bit less apt to just toe the party line nonstop to maybe come out and admit, yeah, we, we screwed you over. We didn't do our jobs. I wonder if some of them are starting to look at the Canadian thing right now with the truckers and going, are we going to really pretend this isn't happening? Are we really going to do this again? Are we really going to keep calling them a small minority? Are we going to keep referring to it as hundreds versus tens of thousands of truckers? Are we really going to let this keep going on or do we need to step up and actually do the job of journalism? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it's interesting to me. And I think it's interesting that this newspaper flat out came out and said, we failed you. We failed you. And personally, I mean, I don't know if they put out English language version or what have you, but I think they should be rewarded for it. And what I mean by rewarded is eyes on them. That, and if they, if they, if they begin to, uh, to, to fall off and sin again, then you turn your eyes off them. Here's what I mean by that though. I don't mean we say they're the best. You see, whenever you say something nice about anybody that you generally dislike, as the community generally dislikes, I can't believe you trust them. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. No one said to trust them. What I'm saying is these entities do what works to get eyeballs on them, especially a newspaper. Come on, you're dying. And you know you're dying. They're trying to make the switch to digital. Everybody prints the same shit in digital. It doesn't really work anymore. It doesn't have a hook anymore. You've got to be a little bit different. You've got to have something that gets people to pay attention to you. If, if the mainstream was smart, they would already look and wonder, why does a redneck duck farmer like Jack have a podcast as big as he does? And they'd say, maybe we need to talk about stuff like, or why does Joe Rogan get like 12 million downloads an episode? Maybe we need to do, you know, have conversations like he does, but they're not going to. But when they start to get attention for talking about the truth, then amongst their own core coh- cohorts, you start to get some journalistic envy. And maybe that can be broken. But I think any of these agencies, when they speak the truth, even if by accident, that that should be focused on not their total body of work or whatever. Not I'm becoming a, you know, a, a, I'm going to now live on CNN.com. But, hey, look, CNN told the truth. Isn't that amazing, people? I think we need to do that because you can only get so far calling them fake news and bashing them. There has to be another side to it. Like, no matter how tough I've ever been on a kid, uh on an employee, on a student, on somebody I was mentoring, I always praised when they did well, even if it was infrequent. And I think we need to do a little bit of that, especially with these folks. At least they admitted that they failed. Next, I got a crazy Supreme Court justice theory that I I heard floated. And I have a link that you can uh, check out. And I I think you might find it interesting. I'm going to tell you right now, you guys think Jack swears a lot and whatever. I really don't, right? I, I think I swear when like it's called for, when I'm trying to make a point, when I'm trying to do emphasis or something like that. I think that, you know, I use the F word when it's called for and I don't when it's not. If you listen to the guy that I have a link to in the, in the audio notes today, this dude's named Salty Cracker. I think he's thrown, he was thrown off YouTube long ago, but he, I have a link to one of his segments from his show on, uh, Odyssey. And he, and if you listen to that, you're going to be like, wow, Jack's like a choir boy, right? I'm just warning you. Okay. Um, but he has, he has this theory that he floated. I, he was the first person I heard legitimately float the theory that Kamala Harris would be Joe Biden's pick. For a Supreme Court justice, thereby fulfilling his obligation to appoint somebody who's a black female, even though she's not a black female. But everybody seems to believe she is um, to the Supreme Court, solving multiple problems. And the biggest problem being that, well, basically, America hates Kamala Harris, just hates her, can't stand her. She's about as popular as a rotten, stinking nine day old baby diaper at the bottom of a garbage can in a public restroom. She's about that popular. That might actually be more popular than Kamala Harris. And so the Democrats are worried about reelection in 2024. And his theory was the following. Potato and Chief Biden appoints Heels Up Harris to the Supreme Court. She gets the seat because you have enough Democrats in the Senate to do it. This would be an interesting constitutional question, though. So let's say Cinnamon and, uh, um, Manchin go along with it and vote for her. And they cross, you know, over from where they've been and say, yeah, she's, she'd be a good justice. And they get 50 votes. Who breaks the tie? Well, typically the vice president right now, they don't even like, there's a constitutional question in that. Can the vice president's vote break the tie in a court appointing up to the Supreme court? That's interesting. I think the answer will be yes, it can, right? Yes, it can, even though it shouldn't. But can she do it for herself? She's not going to, she's not going to step aside as VP. There's really no precedent for this. Now, here's the other story and I got a link to this as well. Supposedly there's a senior staffer on heels up staff that's leaking information that's credible. Supposedly. I always say supposedly, I do not have confirmation of this. I have a link to a guy reporting on it, uh, also on Odyssey. And supposedly, supposedly that staffer leaked that Biden had no idea Breyer was about to be pushed out. No idea that yes, Breyer is being pushed out. That's happening. That's the Democrat party, but Biden was caught off guard. Now I, that's not a stretch. I think Biden could be caught off guard by, you know, nobody pre-cut the potato on his plate for him. Okay, so let's say that it did happen that way. Well, supposedly they immediately thought this exact theory. Why don't we get rid of her and put her on the court and get her the hell away from us? And then we can name a new VP, possibly Hillary, Hillary Clinton, right? And then we can go forward and we can un, you know, get this, get rid of her. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. You don't hear much from Supreme Court justices. They kind of do their, their job and they speak very infrequently unless there's a case in front of them or something like that. And then we get transcripts, but you don't have Supreme Court justices out making speeches. So it's not like this constant annoyance. She's just there doing her job and nobody will really give a fuck because. In the end, we know we're getting a liberal justice, and we're replacing a liberal justice, so it's a net zero. Except you get a lot more longevity now in that seat. Right? Well, supposedly, this the Potatoes people went to Heels Up's people and said, does she want the gig? And she said, no, I don't want it. And you know what? I don't know if the whole story happened, but I find the idea that she would say no plausible. Because I think that she might just be like, if I just wait a little longer, they're either going to impeach this idiot when the Republicans take over, or he's going to die, or he's going to get sick, or he's going to be declared incompetent, and I get the grand prize. Now, how long she be able to hold that grand prize, I don't know. I don't think the two of them can get reelected. I don't think she can get reelected if she becomes, you know, if she falls into the seat. I don't think she can become reelected. But that doesn't mean she believes that. I just thought it was interesting, and I think it's worth consideration, though not much. And here's why it's not worth much consideration. You believe that that idiot and the other idiot are running the show, or many of you do. They're not. They're not running the show. They have handlers, they have minders, and it doesn't matter who you put in those two seats. As long as that party's in power, you're going to get one particular kind of screw job. And eventually the other party will get back in power. You get another particular type of screw job. But I thought it was interesting. And somebody says Salty, Salty is hilarious. I, I like that guy. I do. I don't, he's a bit much. He reminds me of, he's like the David Spade of podcasters. Anybody remember David Spade? David Spade was in one really good movie where he was in it through the whole movie as the main character. Uh, and that was, uh, Dickie Roberts, right? Generally speaking, David Spade doesn't work as a main character. David Spade works as salt on the plate. Man, he's Salty Cracker, right? Like, um, So he's just too much. So like Spin City and stuff that David was on, like he would have these little parts, and he was great in there because it was like it added something to it. But if you tried to eat a plate of salt, you wouldn't like it. And I don't know. I, I think I like Salty Cracker more than I do uh, David, David Spade. But I, I, he's a little bit like that because he's always over the top all the time. It's just how it seems. But if you like him, great, man. He's definitely worth listening to. I like what he does. He does really long feeds like I do, and then he chops them up, and I like listening to his, his certain segments and stuff like that. Anyway, I don't think he has this one right, but I do think it's plausible, and I do think there was probably at least some consideration of it, and it is about the only way I can think of to get her out of the way Because here's my take on on Harris. When she was selected, it looked like the stupidest thing that the Biden administration could have done. You get a person who isn't going to give you any more votes. Harris brought in no votes. Harris couldn't get double digits in California where she was a sitting senator. And California is going to go Democrat anyway. So it didn't make any sense. It did fulfill the promise, sort of kind of in a weird kind of backhanded way of a black woman, right, but it didn't seem to make any sense. makes perfect sense now. I keep hearing you people talk about impeach Biden impeach Biden, and i there's a gif of Harris, and she's like doing this with like with her fingers like a witch, and I just I'm like, you know who's cheering this on you know who's she, Harris is she, if you impeach Biden, you get her. So, number one, it makes him a little less likely to be impeached because you have to actually think about what happens next. You absolutely. Like if it's right before an election, maybe, you know, she's not there that long, can't screw things up too bad. But you have to deal with the fallout of doing this. Um, but the other thing, and I think this is what the Biden administration was more. They weren't really thinking about impeachment. When you become the nominee for your party for president, you have a shot to win. You have to be very careful with the VP you pick. You do not want a VP that can outshine you. You do not want a VP that if you end up where Biden is right now, like your, your, your poll numbers are like below the slime at the bottom of the garbage can. Like they are the, this is like the worst approval rating and the, and it's the biased media's polls that say it. So it's probably worse. Like this, he makes Carter look like Carter was popular in 78. That's how bad this is, right? When that happens to you, if you have any hope of hanging on for a re-election, you want a vice president who is not going to be able to step up and say, hey, I've heard my party and I've heard from America. And as much as it saddens me to do this, I'm going to step up and challenge the sitting president. I'm here, I'm qualified, I'm ready to do the job. You elected me last time along with the potato. This time, I think that We all agree that it's time for a change, but we don't want to give the give the the country back to the other side. So I'm running for president. That's always a risk. That's ever since we had the current system, because when we started out, by the way, it didn't work that way. George Washington never announced he had a running mate. Adams got the second most votes, so he became vice president. That's how we used to do it. But ever since we shifted to where the president picked a running mate, They've always been aware of the thing that, like, the people closest to you can e- most easily put the knife in your back. And you got to be careful. You want someone that's not going to be too popular. So that's why he picked him. Next up, um, Joe Rogan came out yesterday, did a Instagram video, and said a bunch of different things. And a lot of people are saying he groveled, he caved in. he He didn't do jack shit, guys. I'll, I'll tell you, I take this a little personally. Because I've had to deal with it myself for 14 years. I've been called a shill for the oil companies. I've been called a CIA shill. I've been called controlled opposition. I've had it claimed that I don't mean what I say when I say it. I've had all these nasty attacks thrown at me. And if you, if you're ever going to do this, get a thick skin because when you start to make a difference, you will, you will have all kinds of shit. There's so much more than that that I've had happened to me so when i see a guy who is talking exactly the same way he's always talked but he's not saying exactly what you want him to say exactly the way you would say it so obviously they got to him he's a shill he's controlled opposite i take it personally because i've had that shit said about me i've had that shit said about me. this is what i got out of rogan yesterday if spotify wants to put out a warning go ahead now, I'll tell you why I think that's an important concession in just a second. The other thing was, well, maybe I could do a better job of bringing on people that think the other way. Great. I don't think you need to do it, but if that's what he wants to do, it's his fucking show. He should do whatever he wants. Now, what I'd really like to see, and I did, I did communicate this to him. I don't care, know that I'm important enough that he'd listen, but I said, you know what you should do? You should say, all right, why don't we do this? Why don't we get Malone or McCullough back on? and get somebody from like the CDC on at the same time. And we can actually talk about this and I'll give you the opportunity to correct them where they're wrong because they will run with their tail tucked between their legs and they will hide. But here's the bigger thing that's going on. There's, there's no way I know this, but I suspect this about Rogan. I see Rogan of being very much a person like I am. He has his own unique approach. He has his own unique style He's much bigger than me. But what I mean is he's genuine. And that's why he's the most popular podcaster in the world. That's why the people that are calling for him to be canceled on major news networks have ratings that are shit compared to a podcaster's. That's why, because he's genuine. And I think that he probably looks at himself as the face of podcasting, because I guess it would be between him and Adam Curry, who is. Right. Is it the pod father or the, or the, the pod, the pod king? I don't know. Right. But definitely what Rogan does is going to have an effect on people like me, on all of us. And if Spotify censors, not puts up a warning label or whatever, Hey, this podcast contains, you know, shit that like I'm sure on. On YouTube, every time I've ever mentioned the word COVIDs, there's a little thing that says visit the COVID-19. That doesn't prevent a person from getting the information. Censorship does. And if Spotify censors, what happens next? Well, Apple Podcasts will censor. That's what will happen next. I guarantee you that's exactly what will happen. The day Spotify censors, Apple's like, come on, come on, we don't. We don't want to go first, right? Again, who's going to dance first? So what happens when Apple censors? Well, there's a shitload of podcast feeds that I'm in that are just pulling from Apple. So Pocket Cast and Player.fm and all that stuff, they're not actually independents. They are, but they aren't, in that they're pulling everything from Apple. So then all of a sudden, all of those alternatives are also censored. And then if... You know, Stitcher goes next. What is there? And then all of a sudden, people like me are not just censored on YouTube. We're censored on all these distribution platforms. And I think often the people that we're trying to reach won't even know what happened. Oh, they just didn't do an episode today or whatever. So I think Rogan is taking a road of it is my responsibility to make sure if there's a way to prevent this that it happens. Is he making the right play? I don't know but I don't think it's because he's groveling or selling out. This isn't what's his name, the, bass, the, the guy from Fast and Furious apologizing for calling Taiwan a country, which it is, right? This isn't something like that. This isn't like humble yourself before the crown or some shit. This is a guy doing what he always did. And I, and I, I would encourage some of y'all who, uh, who maybe pile on things like this to think a little bit before you do. Because having been on the other end of it, it sucks, and it sucks because it's really hard to prove a a baseless accusation that's just pulled out of somebody's ass actually wrong. It's trying to to prove a negative. And again, yeah, I've been called shill for the CIA, NSA-controlled opposition, all kinds of – and anybody that knows me knows that's the stupidest thing that anybody could ever come up with. I mean, you've got to be talking out of your ass, Major, to think those people would even approach me, Right. Like in a, a show for the oil companies or something. Do you see where I live? I live well. I do well with this show. But I, if I was a show for the oil companies, I would have Jack a stand by now. Long ago. Those guys got serious serious money, okay? Right? Come on. Give, give the guy a little bit of grace. Um, next up, I do want to show you this, too, because I've talked about this. And I think it's important maybe that people see it. Omicron is coming to an end. It's, um, I could show you, uh, things like, uh, graphs and stuff like that to prove it, but you can actually tell that it's coming to an end. And I'll tell you how you can tell it's coming to an end. If you go to CNN or MSNBC or any of those websites, the major news sites, um, what you'll find right now is the absence of any information about it. You're not, they're not talking about it anymore. Now it wasn't that long ago where. It was Omicron, 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 Omicron. Is that going to get me banned? Probably just saying Omicron, right? Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. That's every other word. It's a, they called it like a a blizzard or a storm and all kinds of weird terminology that had the weather to do with it. It was going to destroy everything and we were all going to die. And while that was all going on, you can see right there, January 4th, 2022, I tweeted the following, Omicron is mild. Very much so. So get ready when this wave ends for the narrative to be the Vax defeated COVID and then to keep it defeated, everyone needs annual boosters. Remember you heard it here first. I'm showing this because it has a date and some of you alternative social media platforms. I really want you to do this. I want you to add this feature so that people can prove and go on record without using shitter as their way to do that. I use Twitter because it does this. It shows and I can't edit it or things like that, so you know that I put this up on this date and said this was gonna happen, and it is coming and it's 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 really kind of their only play that they have left now. I mean, what else can they do but make a claim like this right that they that they won and if you go look at any of the uh of any of the charts right now, you can see that omicron went boom and it's just just tanking like the stock market on a bad day like just it's over the edge now the other thing though is <laughs> it's almost like they had to spike the ball in your face one more time before they they take their victory lap and claim that they did it right and by the way Trudeau's claiming that the mass mandates and everything are what's led to the fall off in cases in Canada uh, while the truckers are, are pointing out their hypocrisy. So it's happening everywhere. But there's a new variant or scariant. BA2. BA2. BA2 is coming to get you. BA2 is coming to get you. I want you to just think about this a minute. BA2. That's BAA. Bah. The new variant. The first variant was moronic then they had ba1 that they didn't talk about because there was no good joke in that now we got ba2 ba the sheep variant the sheep the sheep variant is here you must be afraid you must be very afraid ba2 uh you can look up all these stuff again in the uh the show notes today um next up this is something i made sure i could play for you i wanted you to see this else tonight about the political and was that just a second This is a report on Fox News. And it has to do with the lab leak theory. And I'm not claiming anything, screw tube. I'm just playing a news report here. Maybe it's a copyright violation, but it's not dangerous disinformation. Just saying. This is about, again, the lab leak theory, and this is what scientists are saying happened to them. And I want you to listen to this very carefully. I talk about this all the time, but this is common in so-called science. This does not just happen. With the coveins. It doesn't just happen in medicine. This happens. With, I've, I've had the same uh, information fed to me about where it happens in things like ecology, biology, climate change, you name it. This type of thing happens all the time. Here we go. We're learning shocking new details tonight about the political and professional pressure on doctors and scientists who refuse to ignore the so-called lab leak theory about the origins of the coronavirus. State Department correspondent Benjamin Hall has this story.
1: It was all about politics uh, and, and was never about science. Scientists around the world are speaking out about how they were ignored, even silenced, when they suggested a lab leak in 2020. Author Lord Ridley says it was tied to
0: funding. Senior scientists quietly saying to me, we think you're right that it does need to be taken seriously, but we don't say so because the funding agencies might give us a hard time.
1: The lab leak theory has now become mainstream, but for a long time it was rejected, and according to leading German physicist, Professor science Roland Weissendanger, by those at the very top. And if famous and top uh, virologists uh, are not sticking to the truth anymore, then we have no basis in science anymore to make progress. Despite having found evidence that a lab leak was likely, even established medical journals refused to publish scientists' work, including by Australian professor Nikolai Petrovsky. Getting blanket rejections from editors saying, too hot to handle. Others were told it would harm relations with China, who have large influence over the medical community and research papers. There was a, a concern about offending China and people didn't want to um, you know, upset that relationship. And while evidence grew, mainstream media rejected them too. You weren't allowed to discuss this possibility on
0: Facebook. Wikipedia pretty well censored it. The New York Times and other outlets basically said that's a conspiracy theory that's been already debunked.
1: There was also a fear that if this was caused by gain-of-function research, according to Israeli biotechnologist Ronan Shemesh, science itself would be harmed. When they show that science could create something so malicious. This is a very big obstacle for the scientific community. Many scientists who debunked the idea knew all along that a lab leak was a real possibility. We got our headshot um, from every direction, um, from people who we now know uh, we're actually thinking exactly the same thing. And as the silence continued through 2020, many say it was all political. They feared that this might help uh, former President Donald Trump. Finally, however, three long years into this pandemic, there are growing calls for an investigation to find out what exactly went wrong. Shannon.
0: Now, I need you to understand something here. This is way bigger than just that one video and that one segment. This happens all the time, every day, in the name of science. The only reason this is coming out this mainstream is because it affected so many people for so long, and so many people are pissed, and so many people weren't quiet about it. The vast majority of these things done in the name of science never see the light of day because nobody cares Nobody cares that this one little study would have shown that, you know, suntan lotion actually makes you more likely to get skin cancer. Nobody really. Can. Eventually, maybe enough hubbub comes out that we learn that, you know, actually UV rays are good on the human skin because we were kind of, you know, we, we came into this world naked. And for a long time, humans wore very little, if any, clothing. So we were actually designed and we evolved to be in the sunlight. Right. So eventually you might get some of these things, but most of it never even cracks eventually that way. It happens in ecology. It happens in it happens in the world of so-called climate science. They'll say, well, all the studies say, well, this is what you don't understand. Many of you don't understand yet. These studies are funded largely with government money. And you can have one or two people who have a complete ability to shut off the faucet of funding to anyone at any time. Anytime they want to, we've been led to believe, you know, like all of these studies are funded by industry, even the stuff that is funded by industry. It's funneled through government agencies as fees and taxes. So it's always a bureaucrat. Everybody focuses on the little the little frickin troll, Fauci. Fauci is one little tyrant that he happens to control six billion dollars a year in funding. There's hundreds of these tyrants and they don't just exist in the United States. They exist in all Western governments that fund research. We're just the the, the 5,000 pound gorilla. And if one of these people decides that they don't like what you're doing, they will literally write a a, a single memo that will go out and it will go to all the publications and say, do not publish this person's research. We've determined they're a quack and they can't get the research published. And then again, we train the media to be good little lapdogs, good little bitches. And whenever somebody comes out and makes a claim, they'll say, well, where are you published? Where are you published? Because they already know the person can't get published because the edict's already gone out not to publish this. And what happens happens when a journal doesn't get the memo? Didn't you get that memo? They get in trouble. They lose sponsorships. Where did journals get their money? Where does JAMA get its money? They get it from all these research institutions that buy it and subscribe to it. Where do they get their money? From the little troll tyrants. It's over and over again. It's it, it's not, it, somebody's saying it's scientism. Scientism is the religion that allows for it. Okay? Scientism is all the little sheep that never question anything. Once somebody says the science is settled because they're completely ignorant to the concept of what science is supposed to fucking be, believe in it. Because that's the very definition of a religion. Science was supposed to do away with religious beliefs and things that we could explain. It wasn't necessarily supposed to kill religion. But if, if somebody said, well, the gods are angry, so we have a thunderstorm. If science could explain how a thunderstorm happens, and it wasn't the gods throwing bowling balls at each other or something like that, then we learn from that. It was an error-detecting process. That is the fucking point of of science, and science can't do its job. Scientism is the people that believe. We should all remain agnostic. We don't even know what that word means because we've been lied to so much we don't even look up the definitions of words. Agnostic has nothing, When even we, when we talk about God, agnostic has nothing to do with the belief or disbelief in a God or God's. Agnostic is an acknowledgement that I don't know that I don't know. And anybody who's sane in the question to God, in my opinion, it is my opinion, is an agnostic. If you believe devoutly in God, if you've bet your whole life on it, you still don't know. If you knew, you wouldn't need faith. It would be taken from you. Your faith is a belief, right? When we have science, we don't do belief. We have to remain constantly agnostic to everything. And then we have the things that we have, pushed through and codified enough to actually know. And somebody saying something is known is not the same as it being known. And you can't keep believing in this peer-reviewed bullshit if you don't understand how a peer review works. So for those of you that are new students of this, this is how a peer review works, especially in something like a medis- like trying, a- trying out a medicine or something. The researchers say this is what we're going to do, okay, we're gonna dose at this rate to this type of person in this type of group for this long. And then they actually do that. And this is how we're gonna treat our experimental group, the people who are getting the medication. And here's how we're gonna treat our control group, the people to get the placebo, if it's not a placebo, but we won't go into that today. And then after we did this, this is the results that we got. And our conclusion was these results say the following. Okay, a peer review doesn't say, well, You should have done it differently. A peer review says you said you did this, you did this, and the results were consistent with your methodology. That's a peer review. It's not your right. It's you did what you said you were going to do the way you were said, you said you were going to do it, and the results are what you say they are. Well, you can do anything and have it peer reviewed if you can get published in the first place. You can be meticulously accurate and right and challenge the status quo, and you can't get peer-reviewed because you can't get into a journal. And this is all controlled. And scientism, again, is on the outside. It's all the ignorant sheep looking in and going, bah, yeah, yeah, because it matches their worldview that they've been conditioned to believe. All right? What's being done on the inside? There's your fascism. It's scientific fascism. And it is actually very accurate science. The science isn't the science they put out. The science is, if we do this, it's social science. We will get the social controls we want by doing this this way. We can make money, and we can condition belief systems. That's what's going on. And if you don't believe that, I challenge you to pick one thing. One thing you think is pure in science. One thing you think this does not happen in. Pull on that thread and see what happens when you do All right. Next up, in spite of all the negativity that we talk about, I'm going to challenge a little Cobra Kai right now, right? Whether you mean the old one from the 80s that we watched when we were kids, if you're old like me, or the new one that's on Netflix or whatever, I'm going to challenge something that comes from the bad guys in, 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 in the whole Karate Kid concept. Fear does not exist in this dojo. And, you know, Honest to God, the whole philosophy of Cobra Kai, if you take out, like, the, the cartoonish villainy that they put around it, is not actually bad. Strike first. But karate's only supposed to use, or, you know, physicality is only supposed to use for defense. Not if I know you're going to hit me. Especially, like, in a controlled fight. Like, I'll strike first in a controlled fight. You're going to hit me if I don't hit you, right? Strike hard. Duh. No mercy. There's the problem. There's the problem. Now, if you're in an actual combat situation, not necessarily bad advice, but fear does not exist in this dojo. That's actually solid. That doesn't even require an explanation. You can't exist, and you can't combat the world in a state of fear, and I need you guys, some of you specifically, who are always Eeyores from Winnie the Pooh, there's nothing what you can do. I need you to either step up And stop being afraid or get the fuck out of the dojo. Seriously. This is a warrior's quest. That's what we're on right now. I could could not go look my grandson in the face after I'm done with my show today. If I didn't say the things that I had to say today. And again, risk my YouTube channel. Couldn't do it. I will not look at my great-grandchildren someday, hopefully, and say... When the shit was hitting the fan, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't speak up. I didn't educate people. I didn't use my platform for good. All I talked about was gardening. There's a lot of good in that. But I'm not going to shy away from this stuff either. We're going to do it all. And we're going to do it without fear. And this is a dojo. In that we're training you and we're teaching you how to defend yourself from the bullshit that society's throwing at you. The true misinformation. I mean, my God, we had a Supreme Court justice, Sotomayor, say, I don't understand why a state can do a thing if the federal government can't do a thing. Are you fucking kidding me? Ms. Sotomayor, may I direct you to your employee handbook? It's called the Constitution of the United States. And may I introduce you to the Ninth and Tenth Amendments of the Bill of Rights. A seventh grader that's had American history should be able to answer that question for you. So either you're that stupid or you're willing to feign that much ignorance with a position of that much power to be able to get what you want. You don't think that's combat? You don't think that's force against you, just that alone? Fear does not exist in this dojo. Every single offensive technique they have has a counter move, something that you can do about it. And I don't have time for people that want to be afraid. I don't want to have, I don't have time for people to want to quit. I don't care how you fight. I'm not political, but if you want to run for office, good. I don't get involved in legalese shit, but if you want to sue the government because you think you could make something change, good. I don't care what it is, but we have no room for cowards. Cowards are politicians. That's why Trudeau ran away from truckers who are some of the politest protesters that have ever existed, right? Cause he's a coward. He's a coward. That's why our Congress, who will send young men off to die in a foreign theater for shit that does nothing for the United States whatsoever, hid like little cowards and crawled underneath benches because some protesters made some noise at the Capitol. That's cowardly. They're afraid. So don't you be afraid. I want to talk one more thing today. It is time for what I want to call a, free, a full court freedom press. Like I said, I don't care how you fight. I just care that you fight. But I think one really great place for this community to dig its heels in and the fight is something we have talked about forever, and it does involve gardening or other forms thereof of food production. I think it's the number one thing that anybody can do right now and begin to make a difference and either sell food or share food with your neighbors. And I mean livestock, I mean gardens, I don't care how, I don't care what. Even small backyards can produce more of certain things than that household can use. And we need to barter, trade, sell, share, all four. Whatever works for you. Whatever you can do. Because food is the weapon of tyrants. And if you want to know where they're going to squeeze next, it's going to be the food supply. They'll blame truckers. They'll blame the BA variant. They'll blame whatever the hell they can. But they created the problem. And let me tell you something about politicians and bureaucrats. They don't generally create problems that big by accident. They know exactly what they're doing, when they do it, and they know that a hungry society will cry out for their help and their protection and their salvation. It doesn't have to be that way. We can do something about it. We can make it happen. Food and fuel, Sue says. I agree. Alternative energy, go off grid, develop alternative sources of energy too. But food is something that's portable and can be given to your neighbors. When you're over at your neighbor's house and they start saying about how those nasty truckers are why they can't get eggs, give them a carton of eggs. I'll be back next week with another carton. Can't get fresh salad greens? You know what? Here's a little bit next week cycle that i do with my uh, hydroponics i'll add some more for you what do you like sell it if you can but give it away it's more powerful give it away you know what it causes people to go wow this is this is so much better than the food that comes from freaking hellmart or whatever it makes them start to question things i've converted more people to growing their own food by handing them a warm pepper out of my garden than i have with a podcast that goes out to over 200,000 people every day because when they taste the food, when they experience the food, when they see the food, when I cannot tell you, especially like fam- people that I don't know through the podcast, family, friends of family, et cetera, when they come over and you pull something out of the garden and you go, here, eat it. Some of them have never eaten a piece of food that didn't need to be washed in a tub and scalded or something before they could eat it. The idea to this person that the way this has grown, I can just eat it? And it causes something to happen. Their mind opens. Their attitude shifts. It's paradigm shifting. It changes everything. All right, guys. Now, if you have any questions, comments for me, things you want me to talk about, I've started a bunch already. Go ahead and drop them in the comments starting now. I'll keep an eye out for it in all caps. I will try to take a look over here at Odyssey too. Holy crap. We're, we're banging on Odyssey as well. Um, all caps and Odyssey as well. I'll try to do both here for a bit, but I want to cover one more thing before we go out today. A big freeze is coming. Um, unlike all the crap that they hyperventilated about with this giant storm in the Northeast, again, two feet of snow. Like my God, I, I can't tell you how many times as a kid growing up in Pennsylvania, we got two foot or more of snow. I remember back in like, oh two, I had to go to DC and the storm came in and my wife and I were living in Pennsylvania for a few years back then. We had a three foot fence. And she called me and she was freaking out. She'd never seen that much snow in her life. She, it's over the fence and it's still going. Like, that was three foot. And she's like, I, I'm like, it'll stop. It won't go forever. And she's like, Oh no, like it was really starting to, to, to kind of frighten her because she had just never seen that much snow before. And I said, just keep shoveling the deck off until I get home so that we don't overweigh the deck and collapse the deck. As long as you do that, everything else will be fine. We're, we're built for that here in Pennsylvania when we live there. But so it was no big deal, but. We have, it's not anything like last year. You know, we're not going to have seven days in a row here where it doesn't go below above freezing in Texas. But the whole south, east and south, mid, mid-south over into Texas, we're about to get hit with a pretty nasty cold front. And we're going to have at least one day in there where we don't go above freezing. So protect your pipes. If you have a generator, you need to do what I'm going to do today. Go outside, fuel it up, start it up run a systems check, and then put it somewhere it's heated. So mine my garage is not heated. It's coming in the house because otherwise what's going to happen is in the middle of the night, the power is going to go out. And you're going to run out and you're going to get your generator. You're going to pull it out and you're going to go, <laughs> and and go, and it's not going to start. Right? So get it into a warm place. If you have a generator shed or something, put a couple light bulbs in there to keep it warmed up. Maybe put a thermocube on it. But do a systems check if you have – External irrigation, what I do every year when this happens, and I've, I've done it plenty of times this year and I'll have to do it again. I have an air compressor and I have a two sided female hose. Yeah, it's female. I'm sorry. I offended you, some of you, but anyway, I hook that up to my air compressor and I put it on one of my hose bibs and I open the furthest away faucets on each leg and I put about 30 pounds of pressure on it and I, and I blow all the water out of the pipes. Pipes don't freeze. Water freezes inside pipes. Just. Take this seriously. Just pay attention. Just don't write it off as nothing. Just because the media is saying it doesn't mean that it's not true. Let's try to look at some stuff from the audience now. Um, Here we go. Mr. Anderson, the so-called defacing, was putting a flag on House back and hat on him to dress up the statue. So apparently they dressed up the statue and that was defacing the statue. Cause when you got nothing, you got to try something, I guess. Uh, plant propagation USA ATF has 1 billion 4473 forms. No duh. Assume that everything has been tracked for years. That's not actually how that works. The ATF doesn't have the 4473s. The merchants do, and they can be approached and they, the, 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 the licensed dealers have to turn them over when they're requested, uh, the proper way. No, they don't have all the, they don't. I'm sorry. Just not true. I don't put it past them if there's a copy of them somehow made or something like that, or there's some record, uh, some national database of firearms ownership, but they don't have all the forms. Uh, when will a spot BT uh, spot, BTC ETF be approved? Keep telling you, I don't know. I think it'll be this year. Um, it's one of those things that it takes a little longer than a lot of, like if this was something that the Congress did, you know, we act of Congress. Um, there's enough lobbyist money right now to, to spit that out. But you're, you know, you're looking at the the uh, federal trade commission and the sec, right. Uh, kind of conjoinly looking at this and determining you know, Gensler. To, again, you're back to one bureaucratic tyrant deciding when, but I think there's a point where there's enough people with enough money that want something to happen, that it's going to happen uh, in an oligarchy, which is what we live in. So I would say this year, I I, maybe not, though, but I but I'm going to say again, when it does, it's game over. Like you, you actually want this to take a lot longer to happen because when it happens, you think, oh, man, oh, man, I should have bought some Bitcoin. Oh, man. Jack told me in 2014. I didn't do it then. And then Jack told me in 2020. I didn't do it then. And then Jack told me in 2022. and I didn't do it then. I should have bought some or I should have bought more. One or the other. When it happens, the wall of money you're talking about is incredible because there's two things that are going to happen. One is there's a ton of IRA and Roth IRA money that will immediately become accessible. And all you got to do is buy, you know, BTC ETF. But the other thing that's going to happen is you're going to get mutual funds that wrap ETFs into mutual funds. And they can do that. And so then that exposes it potentially to your 401k accounts. But what's also going to happen is all these millennials, to understand the value of crypto, because it's one place they really do have the shit together. They're going to go to their employers and go, hey, hey, did you hear? That there's, you can do Bitcoin now in a retirement account. We want that. And let me tell you something about employers. You hear something like that, and it doesn't cost you anything to do it. From enough employees, you know what you say? You get your HR person, you say, get our freaking people from Fidelity or whoever the hell on there and tell them we want this. And when Fidelity's like, oh, we're not going to do it, they're like, get me somebody else. And and when Fidelity's like, oh, crap, we're going to lose this account and that account. Also, wait wait, wait a minute, we do that. We do that now. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to go absolutely crazy um, Ryan Collett says chips, ramen, and pasta are completely gone too, cheap and easy to cook. Yeah, it's interesting to me that I'm hearing totally different things from different parts of the country. Yesterday at my local Albertsons, which is a very heavily shopped store, very big Albertsons, like one of it's not the super one where you can buy your clothes, your sporting goods, and your food, but it's like as big as they get when they're just mostly groceries. Um, you could have got all the ramen, pasta, stuff like that you wanted. But chicken was Stairs. And I think you're still seeing this burstiness and different places where there's different pressures. Because I did, I walked through there. Now, what was starting to thin out was, you know, like the little envelope meals, right? Like, you know, dirty rice or etouffee or, uh, you know, some of the like Uncle Ben's and stuff like that. There was plenty of it, but there were a lot of flavors and forms and stuff like that that were down to one. If you're wondering why I'm going around looking at this stuff when I don't eat it, Well, it's because I do this. I, when I go to the store, I check for you guys and that, and I do think that Ryan's right though. That's another canary. Like people are going to buy the cheap stuff. Uh, plant propagation USA says, I don't think they care if it's unconstitutional. Uh, I think that had to do with, uh, VP Harris breaking the tie for herself if, if necessary. But, uh, I agree. They don't care, but it will be a matter of what, when they care is when they can't do it. That's when they care. Uh, next up, who are the handlers? Same guy asking that one, uh, and I guess you're asking who are Biden's handlers, who are Kamala's handlers. <laughs> the the handlers are whoever the companies pay to be the handlers and appoint as the handlers, right? Um, next up, uh, Tom says, invite Fauci and ambush him live with that doctor. That's an interesting idea. We're talking about Joe Rogan, I'm sure, now for this one. So there's actually been cases where Fauci has been set up to face somebody who opposes him, and he throws a fit and he doesn't show up. But it would be interesting, it would be really interesting if one of these, like, journalists or a Rogan type would do their job and book him and then blindside him with an opposing intelligent opinion and make him defend his position. Um, Kathy Reese says James Lindsay would be an awesome interview. We'll go tell him to fill out a guest form and, and be on my show. And that's how that works. Um, Oh my, do not offend China says KJ 4 RMZ. Yeah. I mean, that was actually one of the reasons given for why they lied about the lab leak. Cause it might offend China. I don't give a shit about offending. Why do we, why do we care about offending the nation where this all started? You know, why did we, why, why is it, the Omicron oh, Omicron version uh, variant instead of the Z ver- variant because we didn't want to offend China by calling it the next letter in the Greek freaking alphabet. Yeah. Um, plant propagation USA again. Increased power, increased corruption. Absolutely, 100%. Ego Mouse says fear is false evidence appearing real. Uh, I completely agree. However, there is a place for fear. It does not exist in this dojo for the things that we're talking about. But there is a place for fear. Fear properly channeled is valuable. Fear does bring people into the prepper fold. Fear does bring people into freedom cells. Fear does bring people into pushing back. Fear actually serves a purpose. There is an inherent there's a reason we have fear. Without fear, we would die a lot earlier. So if I'm standing in the road and I see a car barreling ass at me, I will have an immediate panic attack of fear in my gut, and then I will react to that fear. So I'll get out of the way so I don't die and get run over by a car, hopefully. The problem with fear is when instead of channeling fear into action, it leads to inaction. It leads to immobility. It leads to the inability to make a decision for yourself. The real problem with fear is when it leads to the point where people will willingly submit to authoritarians because they're so afraid they just want somebody to make the decision for them. Uh, KJ4RMZ says, how often should I take Sacred 7 Mushroom Powder? That's a product I recommend. Uh, it's in my uh, TSPAZ catalog, TSPAZ.com. You can always help support my work by starting your shopping there and see all my recommendations. I recommend it daily. It is a blend of seven different mushrooms that have been shown to, to do a really great job. I have a, an extensive amount of research in my write-up about it. I'll add it to the show notes today for you so you can check out it. I, on its anti-cancer properties, it's cheap. It comes out to pennies, pennies a serving, and I just drop it in my coffee, not because I like the way it makes my coffee taste, but because it dissolves in the coffee and I taste nothing. So I recommend that daily because I think it's too cheap and too plausible that it might help not to use um, uncle Joe's farm says the bell works surprised to see your face when I opened YouTube today. That's cool. And I, I really wish more people would do that. If you subscribe to me on YouTube, that's not good enough. I wouldn't say I'm shadow banned on YouTube. I would say I'm shadow ishly band on YouTube. And if you hit that little bell, when you subscribe to me, or if you're already subscribed, you just ding the bell, you'll get more likely to see me pop up in your feed and you should get an email whenever I start doing a live feed, I would really appreciate that. If you're watching me on YouTube and you like what you're hearing today, please subscribe. I don't know how long I'll be here, but as long as I'm here, we might as well do what we can with it. And uh, Johnny says you've mentioned you listen to Mike Adams. No, 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 I don't listen to Mike Adams. I don't like Mike Adams. Somebody told me to get on one some platform he's behind yesterday. I'll tell you guys why. I don't. This is something you guys need to understand about me. I don't do feuds. I don't do long-standing beating a dead horse when I don't like somebody. I come out one time, I explain it, and then I go on about my business. Because if I separate myself from something I've used as a source in the past, you deserve to know. Very much what happened. I left Oath Keepers when they when they went tin hat nutter over Jade Helm, right? And and I don't associate with. And I was a founding member. And I don't have anything to do with Stuart Rhodes, and I don't have anything to do with Oath Capers. And it hurt my heart when I had to do it because I really loved the organization and what it was supposed to stand for. But I, I, I came out and I cleared the air once on that, and I'm done. I had I had issues with the way Stephen Harris was treating you guys. I separated myself from him. I hate it, but I'm not going to have somebody you know, treating 16-year-old kids like garbage and then saying, but I treat everybody the same, and it's okay. So that's what happened there. Mike Adams. This is how I found out what I was dealing with. Many years ago, I thought, you know what, I should do some more advertising. I looked at the advertising rates on Natural News. One of my sponsors also advertised there. You know, I know the guy that, that, that was advertising there, and I was like, you know, if, if it's working for him and he wouldn't, sp- he likes his money, so he wouldn't spend his money if it wasn't working. Maybe I should advertise there. So I applied to be an advertiser. They told me I couldn't be an advertiser, and they sent me their terms. And I looked at it, said things like, if you're advertising food or something like that, it has preservatives in it, you you, you 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 can't be on on the site. And I was like, Well, like some of my sponsors like sell MREs and shit like that. So I guess and if that's it, fine. And I understand that. Okay. So I sent an email in and I asked about this. And I said, You understand, these aren't my products, these are just my sponsors. And they said, No, that's not your problem. And they sent me back highlighted that there could be no firearms content on any publication advertising on natural news. And then I listened to this jackass snake oil salesman Adams get on shows like Alex Jones' show and it stole the virtues of the Second Amendment. So I told these people, I will not support you anymore. And then Mike personally reached out to me and said, I need you to understand something. I even own this is like the people are like I'm not really a racist just because I have a commie flag or a, a Nazi flag behind me in my videos. I have a black friend, right? Like like that kind of shit. Like I even own a shotgun and a rifle and I've even taken some training, but that content is too sensitive for my readers. Here you go. When I more closely examined a lot of his claims, I also realized he's also snake oil and huge yellow journalist. So I have nothing to do with natural news, and I have nothing to do with Mike Adams, but unless somebody asks me about it again, this is the first time I spoke about it in six years, you won't hear about it again. I don't do that. Anyway, I wanted to cover more, but we're at an hour 20. I need to get some things taken care of today because we do have that storm front coming in tomorrow. I appreciate everybody who's with me. Again, the audio will go live less than an hour from right when I end the stream here. I appreciate all of you being with me today. Thank you, you folks on Odyssey. 64 people currently on Odyssey, 200 plus people on YouTube. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. We will catch you tomorrow with a great interview uh stay stay tuned for that. Well, I hope that was a uh, a good salvo. Uh let's see if I get my parole revoked. I don't know. I think I I think I was in bounds, but who knows because they change the boundaries every day over there at ScrewTube, but you know one way or another you'll always be able to stay in touch with the Survival Podcast, so no matter who censors us, we'll be out there somewhere. The best way to make sure you never lose touch with us number one get on our email list go to the survivalpodcast.com, clip click click on subscribe you'll get one to two emails a day they're just text real real simple if you're not interested that day just delete them if you get tired of it you unsubscribe that's the way it works i never share your information the other really great way is get on the telegram channel now you can get our group too where you talk to everybody if you just want info from me get the telegram app get on the telegram channel And you can find information for that in every episode, and you won't miss a thing. With that, let's go ahead and uh, remind you, though, you can always help support us by doing your online shopping at a simple little website. It's really just a page on my site, but I made it easy for you to get there, so you'll do it. Go to tspaz.com, T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. Whenever you're going to shop online, and no matter what you eventually buy, if you start there, you will help us in the work that we do. It's painless. It doesn't cost you nothing. And you get my recommendations if I've recommended it there. I own it, I use it, I bought it, and I would buy it again, or I would not recommend you spend your money on it. And today's item of the day is going to sound not very survivally. Is survivally a word? It is. I made it up a long time ago. I get to make up words. That's when you get to be a podcaster, you're allowed to do that. Anyway, it doesn't sound very survivally, but as homesteaders, and most of us are homesteaders, either urban homesteaders or out in sticks homesteaders, anything in between, we generally have a lot of animals around, and one of the most valuable animals in your home and on your homestead as a family member and as a guardian and a protector of the property and hopefully your other critters is the good old man's best friend, the dog. And I've been accused at times of valuing my dogs more than I do some people. And you know what? I do. I do. And when when somebody I don't know comes to my home and sleeps at the foot of my, my grandson's bed when he spends the night here all night and doesn't move, with his, with it pointing toward the door, to defend them then I'll care and you know who you should take recommendations on products for your pets from someone that loves their animals as much as me because you know you're going to get a good recommendation so again this doesn't sound very survivally but it is a combination of aloe vera and eucalyptus used for ear wipes for your dogs stinky ear is a problem for any dog and it's worse than it just smells bad If you have a dog whose ears are not maintained, what you'll notice is that dog's constantly shaking his head, trying to deal with that, scratching at his ears. It can cause a lot of other problems, and it's such an easy thing to take care of. I've used these now for over four years. Um, I found them originally because Max had a real problem with this, my my German Shepherd, who we had to say goodbye to and put down last year at the end of his life, and, and it really made his his life a lot better. I've continued to use it on my pit mix, Charlie, and my uh, husky mix, Lucy. Uh, We do it about twice a month for them, and that's all it takes. We give them a treat after it's done. They've gotten to where they actually seem to enjoy it. It doesn't really bother them. Lucy tends to be okay with it at first, and then she wants to go, like you do one ear, and then she wants to leave. I just get two, and I do two at the same time, and then I give her a chicken jerky or a, a bone or something like that. Always when you have to do something, your dog's that they don't like to have done, but they need to have done, as soon as it's over, give them a treat. Because it starts to work in the canine brain really well. Like the 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 human says I need to do this, and the human's the pack leader, and the human says this, and then the human's gonna reward me for complying. You know, it's it's just a great way to handle your dogs. Again, they're called Aromacare ear wipes. You can find them at tspaz.com, you can find the link in today's show notes, and you can find everything that I've ever reviewed at tspaz.com. And again, if you're gonna take a recommendation For something to use with your dogs. You want it from someone who loves their dogs. Because then you know you're going to get somebody who really looked hard to find the right product. And we do that. I always say, every one of our dogs that we've ever owned in our family, since I've been a grown-ass adult anyway, since, since Dorothy and I have been together, every dog, every cat has been a rescue animal. And I don't think that we just save them. I think they save us. And I have gone out of my way to make sure that my animals feel like, the dogs anyway specifically, that they won the dog lottery when they got to come here. And part of that is taking good care of them. With that, let's go ahead and wrap things up. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you don't feel like I pulled any punches. I sure don't. And hopefully I'll be back on YouTube with our special guest tomorrow. We shall see if I get spanked by the end of the day. With that's been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast.